Next on BYU Sports Nation, a push for the top 25. How BYU football can get ranked next week, notwithstanding a showdown against winless Wagner. When does BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler think the Cougars will be ranked again? The former BYU quarterback is on set today. Plus, Wagner's head football coach Jason Hoteling joins us live to preview Saturday's game, and we're sharing the karma with an All-American. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, October 20th, wherever. However, you are dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jedi psychologist, Jerem Jordan. Did everyone see the Star Wars trailer? I'll be surprised. Yes. That was awesome, right? I've literally watched it 18 times, I think. Bought my ticket. I'm ready to rock. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. You bought your December ticket? December 18th. Yeah. When did they go on sale? Uh, right after the trailer came out. <laughs> for a lot of places. <laughs> now, now, I tried to get it at a certain theater. Crash, crash, crash. Went to a different theater because they were available, or, or line of theaters. So that, that uh, I'm not going to name names, Cinemark, got my business because their website worked. Wow. Moral of the story, if you want to sell something, make it available and accessible to the people easily. Where is your seat in the theater? Uh, decent. It's not a bad seat. I wouldn't have gone if it was a terrible seat. I'm not like at the front, like looking straight up. Okay. I can't do that. See, I cannot do that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Either. I don't care to see a movie enough that I will sit in. A, I will pay to sit in a bad seat in a theater. Just can't do it. Like I'll, I'll go a few days later. But you, for Star Wars, you have to go on opening night. Yeah, absolutely. Twelve forty a.m. Are you working for the, the day, next day? I asked for the day off already. <laughs> in our pre-production meeting, I said, "Hey, can I have the eighteenth off?" Oh, it's, so that's good. a game night too. BYU against Central Michigan. Uh, on on uh, BYU TV, I believe in, Star Wars in men's hoops greater than so BYU I was like, Central I can't go Michigan? that night. I got to go the night before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow, you are that is intense, man. I'll probably see it Saturday again. <laughs> I saw episode two ten times <laughs> in five different states. Did it get any better? <laughs> no, it got worse actually. Yeah, those first three stink, man. Yeah. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football coach Bronco Mendenhall says he doesn't plan on giving Tanner Mangum a day off or a week off for that matter. Mendenhall also listed the following guys as injured after the Cincinnati game. Kyle Johnson, Riker Matthews on the offensive line, Garrett Juergens, Riley Burt, Brian Sampson. All, all of their respective game status conditions are unknown. Well, it's a good thing BYU has two bye weeks in a row. Wani Unga had seven tackles and a forced fumble in the Giants' 27-7 loss to the Eagles last night. He continues to do work despite not being necessarily a starter. Undrafted rookie coming off an ACL and PCL or uh, MCL tear. Sat out a year, and he is in the NFL. He's a tremendous story. He's the New York Giants' leading tackler. Two picks, two forced fumbles this year as well. The 13th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team is now up to number 12 in the latest AVCA rankings. They jump one spot on the road for two matches this week. All-American Alexa Gray will join us in Studio B later today. And the San Antonio Spurs and Jimmer Fredette host the Phoenix Suns tonight, 8.30 Eastern. Preseason play is wrapping up, uh, I believe, early next week. The regular season begins, so Jimmer Fredette's got some work to do to be able to make that squad. The Force Awakens. 
A perfect time to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Getting ranked and relevant. Excellent field position for the 47. Tanner Mangum taking a deep shot. Open man downfield. Coach, BYU has taken the lead. So nice, we wanted to play it twice. BYU currently sits two spots outside of the top 25. Heading into Saturday's game against Wagner. Live on BYU TV. The national respect for BYU's schedule is apparent, given the fact that there are only two ranked teams in the current top 25 that have two losses. Michigan and Ole Miss. BYU with two losses just outside. And the team ahead of BYU, but just out, is Mississippi State who has two losses to LSU and Texas A&M. Respect for the schedule. Both ranked 14 at the time they played them. The Cougars are right there, and we have solidified our stance on this show several times, that a top 25 ranking is the number one indicator of national relevance for independent BYU. It's something you can quantify, right? Relevance is very gray, okay? But if you are ranked, you are relevant. You're on, you're Highlights are on game day. You'll be discussed. You'll be featured on SportsCenter and FS1 show of which uh, the equivalent of which I never know the name of, but always reference in this manner. You are relevant Fox if you're in the maybe? top 25. Is that it? Great. Your highlights are on that program. Yes. And CBS Sports might have something that they show your highlights on. You're, you're in the USA Today. You're fe- ranked teams get featured. So BYU needs to get ranked again. And they're, I, Sunday, when I, someone said, hey, look, the AP top 25, I was surprised BYU is just two out. Really surprised. Two I thought outside. it was five or seven out. Five and two, and that brings us to today's Twitter question. When will BYU break into the top 25? When will BYU break into the top 25? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At MKelly259, the Cougs will jump into the top 25 after a quality win against the Seahawks this Saturday. <laughs> Take that, Richard Sherman. <laughs> well... Two and four. Oh, the Wagner. Can anyone Seahawks. question my bandwagonness? They're two and four. If They're they don't make four. the playoffs, and you're still a fan next that's year, that's what you said yesterday. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sticking by it. If they don't make the playoffs, and you're still a fan next year, then then you okay. gain some credibility. I will be a fan. Then you. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> the road has not been easy for the BYU Cougars to become ranked. And more importantly, stay ranked in the AP poll as an independent. And that brings us to an eye-opening stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has been ranked seven weeks in four and a half years of independence. That's not a lot. Seven out of 72 weeks of polls. We're in year five independence, about a little over four and a half. Seven weeks, four of which were last year. And two this year. Two of which were this year. The other one was 2012. Now, in 2013, BYU went 6-2, and which they'll be after this Saturday, and were never ranked, despite wins over Boise State, Texas, Utah State, Georgia Tech. There were some nice wins in there. But the only ranked team was Texas in that, and they fell from grace. So now BYU has an opportunity at 6-2, and just outside the top 25, to possibly get in next week. What? Maybe not. And after a bye... It's hard to climb after a bye. You usually drop or stay the same. So this week, if BYU can, I don't know, put up uh, a good chunk against Wagner, and they should, and they'll win, maybe be in the top 25. Probably not, but maybe. BYU is going to take care of business against Wagner. 
There's no question about that. Let's not even discuss that again the entire week. Trevor Maddich and Jess said, don't sleep on Wagner because we asked him to. <laughs> it's going to be hard to catch the voters' attention against the winless Seahawks, an FCS team out of Staten Island, New York. 0-6. But BYU can get help from other teams. Keep winning. Hope the other top 25 teams lose. Essentially, as Trevor Maddich put it yesterday, get help from those other teams. BYU right now does not get consideration. But what BYU can do, if they continue to win, they could get themselves ranked highly enough to get consideration from the New Year's Six Bowls. That's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, there is a pathway for BYU to get into the New Year's Six. Okay, whoa, whoa, one whoa, week whoa, at a whoa, time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Trevor referenced BYU winning out and getting help to earn consideration from the New Year's Six committee. Alert. I have yeah. my blue, blue goggles alert. on. Yeah. Jared, put alert. yours on too, please. Yeah, you need them to survive this. Today, oh, we're I only taking it as far as BYU getting help this week. Yeah. This week. If, if BYU is Aiden, I'm going to take these off now. I, I saw, oh my goodness, I see so much. I, I think that if BYU beats Missouri and it's 8-2 and two going into the back two, they're ranked for sure. And then, and then we can look at where things sit. BYU's not getting into the New Year's Six with two losses. They're not. They're not. A one-loss team might not get in, let alone a two-loss. But that's way out there. Just keep winning. Yeah. Just keep Beat Wagner. Bye week. Get healthy. Adam Hine should be back uh, for San Jose State. And then, you t- and then you attack November where you have two compelling games, two games that will pop. Utah State, and Missouri. The point is, notwithstanding Wagner, BYU has a shot to get ranked this week. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen. But, but what you're saying is depending on some of these games, yes. there's a possibility. What other and, and teams I, and, do. Yeah, if, if all the, you, know, you play your cards right and all these teams lose, BYU's the incumbent that's 6-2 and two and went, yeah, yeah. Here are the five ranked teams you should root against this week. Get out your mobile devices, your pen and paper, whatever you want. Write down these five ranked teams to root against. And just maybe BYU, with a win over Wagner, gets back into the top 25. First, 25th ranked Pittsburgh at Syracuse. Syracuse gave LSU a run a little uh, few weeks ago. The Orangemen don't have Donovan McNabb. No worries. Okay, they're they're decent. Or or McNamara. Interesting matchup here. A ranked matchup. 24th-ranked Ole Miss hosting 15th-ranked Texas A&M. Two teams that just lost. Lost. And, and Ole Miss lost to Memphis. A&M just lost to Alabama. Gig em. Go Aggies. David Nixon would be so proud of us right now. 23rd-ranked Duke at Virginia Tech. The Dukies! Dick Vitale loves this game. Duke is a ranked team and an underdog at Virginia Tech speaking by a of, field goal. Speaking of underdog, third-ranked Utah is an underdog at 3-3 three and three USC, by the way. Next game. Huh? Root for Ruffin McNeil's East Carolina Pirates to beat the 22nd ranked Temple Owls. BYU can't root against a team named Temple. Yes, well, they can. Come on. For Ruffin McNeil, BYU fans can do anything. We love that guy. East Carolina beat Temple. BYU it helps and BYU Temple in a couple friends. of ways. <laughs> oh and you know it's true. Do you even know where Temple is? It's in Philadelphia. Good though. answer. Okay. I'm just making sure you knew. I know my Temple Owls. I'm just making sure Woo-hoo. you knew. And fifth, 20th-ranked Cal at UCLA. The at Battle unranked, of Intellectuals. At unranked UCLA. Yeah. Remember that one loss, one-point loss that we were hoping would look better? 
UCLA has dropped a couple times. You are all fans of Syracuse, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, East Carolina, and UCLA this week. There, yeah, all those teams losing would be amazing, and BYU get in the top 25 and then maybe fall out during the bye week. It, to me, it's going to come down to BYU needing to beat San Jose State and then could go into Missouri rank, depending on, I mean, we're talking about three weeks worth of games now. Which would be fantastic because that game, we still don't know TV plans for that game or a time. A neutral site game, BYU is going to be on NESPN. They would not line up a neutral site game, in my opinion, with the help of ESPN probably in there. It's probably going to be on NESPN. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. But which one and what time slot? So the Cougars... I, I don't care. All ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN, whatever. Get ranked. It makes it that much bigger of a deal. Yes, because Missouri is going to slide. So BYU needs to go in there and win that game. That, that game is looking way more winnable than I even imagined because Missouri is struggling on offense. The defense is still good. The defense is still good for Missouri. Then you come home and finish with Fresno State. And then you go to Utah State. And there is a sh- – I want to give you credit. I need to do a better job of this, affirming you on this program, as my grandpa would say. BYU and Utah State might be a ranked matchup. It might. It might because Utah State's playing good football. Kent Myers and company just crushed Boise State. How about that? They might lose uh, a game in conference. Maybe not, though. That may be a huge game at the end of the year. When will BYU break back into the top 25? Is it this week after they beat Wagner and get some help from the teams that we just listed? Conversation happening on Twitter. Let's get some of your tweets in. It's Twitter time. At Twiggear Stone says, after San Jose State, nothing they do between then and now will have enough oomph to move them up. I agree with them. Have to win that game. I think it'll be, yeah, after San Jose State. Going into Missouri, BYU's right. Up next, Blaine Fowler, college football insider, BYU TV analyst, joins us. When does he think the Cougars will break back into the top 25? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Another week, another win for BYU football. You can watch the all-access insider's view of that on Inside BYU Football tonight, 7.30 Eastern time, a brand-new edition of that. What went into the Cincinnati week? The hamstring. The defense finally healthy. It was a good win for BYU. Another fourth-quarter comeback for the Cougars. Check it out tonight, 7.30 Eastern. I love the drama that surrounds that statement. The hamstring. The hamstring? (laughs) The hamstring. One hamstring. (laughs) One mango. Great job. Great your Hamstray. <laughs> when will BYU break back into the top 25? That is Transition. our Twitter question today. That Price Tyson 97530 says, after they beat Missouri, I predict that BYU will be in the top 25 after they beat Mizzou. Go BYU. Yeah, I agree with that too. I, I think it'll be the week before though. That's seven and two. They're two out right now. I, I don't see any way that there aren't, that many teams dropping in front of them. Three full weeks of games will shake it up. Yes, BYU bit, with respect know. for the schedule early on. I, I just don't see any way BYU is not ranked before Missouri. No way. Joining us now, Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, college football insider, and a man who apparently only selects Mitchell Jurgens as his weekly wife factor pick. Blaine, welcome to Studio B. It's all about karma. Like, if... 
So every time I've taken them, BYU wins. When I didn't take them, they lost. And so I feel an obligation to the team <laughs> to take Mitchell Jerkins. I, and this week, who knows how much those guys will play. Right. You guys, when we were talking yesterday and we were making our picks, you acted like, what's going on? I said, guys, this is all about the team here. This has nothing to do with who's actually going to win the thing. It's about the team. Yet you're in second place with that. Uh, let's start with this. Justify. <laughs> just, exactly. That's a great point. Exactly. Justify wearing a red shirt. So this is not this is not it, I that like the, ugly. This is I not like that gaudy Utah red. That's, right. that's kind of like very, cardinal. It's very good yeah, looking. This, but, and but there my, are fans that are asking this question. Okay, you know? so my son-in-law is the starting free safety at Stanford. He I am allowed Stanford. to wear red. That's a good reason. I am allowed to wear reason. red. If anybody's allowed to wear red, as long as I'm not wearing that gaudy Utah red, it's got to be more of a cardinal, cardinal color, not crimson. And so when I wear cardinal, I am supporting my son-in-law Dallas Lloyd, the starting free safety at Stanford. Has nothing to do with Utah. I love it. Great, great answer. <laughs> okay, now that we've got the important things out of the way, <laughs> right? The on. Y factors and the Cardinal Red. When will BYU break back into the top twenty-five, Blaine? I, I agree with you, Spencer. That is that it's it's the it's before the the Missouri game, and the reason is because there's going to be four or five teams that are going to lose in front of them. And as long as BYU doesn't lose, which they're not going to do this week, okay, as long as they don't lose, um, they hold their place or they move up in terms of the places of people that lose right in front of them. Now, a team can lose in the top ten and move into the second ten, and that doesn't affect them. But teams are going to lose in this five or six right in front of them. And all it's going to take is two for them to be in the AP poll. So I, I say it's the week before the Missouri game because I think at that point there's going to be enough teams that have lost. So they go into Missouri as a ranked team, and then they just have to, you know, just have to win out at that point. And then you've won five in a row at that point. How about that? You would have won five in a row. Uh, you know, beat Wagner last year. You lost all four in October. This year, BYU's going to win all four in October. It's been quite the turnaround. And and yet BYU's done it on the on the backs of comebacks, right? So every every single win BYU trailed or was tied in the fourth quarter. What is going on? It, there's a couple of things. I, I think that we don't give uh, Coach Wintrick enough credit, not just for the conditioning that these guys have done in the off season, so that they're in shape. They seem to be in better physical condition at the end of games than the teams that they're playing. So so let's give him credit for that. But he's also run them through a lot of mental drills toughness drills um, where he's tried to get their mindset that they do not quit. You will play through the end. You will play through the fourth quarter. And so maybe we do give him enough credit because we talk about it a lot. But but his addition to this staff and what he brought to this this team, not just in physical conditioning but in mental preparation, I think is paying off in fourth quarters. I really believe that it has a lot to do with how this team prepared in the offseason. BYU trying to get healthy. This is the perfect time for the Cougars to kind of collect themselves against Wagner and then a bye week before they have to go on the road to San Jose State in early November. Tanner Mangum, one of those banged-up guys. And yesterday he said he's closer to 70% than 80%, which was kind of the figure that Bronco Mendenhall threw out there. How much should Tanner Mangum play if he is self-declaring him at closer to 70%? I think he's such a young player that he needs to get reps. But you put some limits on him, not in terms of plays, but you do not run around in this game, okay? You drop back, you make your reads, you deliver strikes, you get this team out in the lead by a couple of touchdowns, and then we're going to sit you down. Um, But I think he needs reps, regardless of whether it's Wagner or who it is. Um, And so as long as he's not going to get more injured, as long as you can be careful with him, then I think every game rep that he gets is a good thing. 
And my question for you know on this is he says he's at, Bronco said he's at eighty percent. Tanner says he's at seventy percent. Seventy percent of what? Is that seventy percent of who he was to begin the season, which is probably eighty percent of who he's going to be next year? Right. Because <laughs> because of his time back from. So he's. I think he's seventy percent of eighty percent, and look how good he is. So when you give him a full off season to actually be the athlete that he's going to be, because right now he's a fantastic quarterback and he's an athlete in a body that did not have a full preparation time coming back from a mission, you give him a full off season when he comes back and he is built the way we know he's going to be built, as fast as we know he's going to be, has the quickness back that it takes eight to nine months back from a mission to get, and then combine that with how good a quarterback he is, my heavens, this... His potential is unbelievable. So let's 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 settle that he's seventy percent of an eighty percent guy, okay. and he's still unbelievably effective. What does that tell you about this young guy? He's, he is man. His potential is just off the charts of how good he can be. He's stinking good. What are you feeling today? What percentage are you personally? Feeling? Oh gosh, with the shoulder and the back, I'm probably sixty five percent. Anytime, really? you, wow. hey, when you're over fifty. When you get out of bed, you check. If everything's still there and you can get out of bed and walk in and brush your teeth, you're go. You can go. TMI, man. You can go. Blaine Fowler with us in Studio B, breaking down what are you feeling? health percentages. What percentage? I'm feeling about, oh, I don't know, 88%. After the Star Wars trailer, I'm at 128%. How is that even possible? I'm, I'm good to go. How is- Apparently, you can give 110%. Yeah, that's what's up. Chewy chiming in on BYU Sports Nation. What did you learn about Tanner watching him play at less than 100%, Blaine? I mean, I know you've talked about how impressed you are, but what did you really learn and and take away from that Cincinnati game? I I loved his toughness because you know – that to focus out there on your reads and make and delivering the ball on time and doing all that, um, you have to completely block out that you're hurt. But he can't completely block out that he's hurt because they've asked him to be careful. So don't go do this and go. So he's he's trying to play within the boundaries that he knows he has physically to not injure himself worse. Yet he's still good enough to focus and make the right throws on time to the right people in the right spots. It's really, really impressive. And when I look at that, again, it gets me really excited because I think if he can do this, it's almost maybe the best thing he could possibly – I know this is going to sound crazy, but the best thing he could possibly have happen because it's making him develop as a pocket passer. It's eliminating his ability to be a young player, a young quarterback, because young quarterbacks, they look, they feel a little bit of pressure, they want to get out. He did that in and the first was, couple of games. yeah. And so this is almost by injury forcing him to develop a little bit quicker in his pocket passing game. And in the long run, it's going to be a really good thing for BYU. And Steve Young has talked about that on this program, and he said that about Taysom Hill. Like, the one thing I want Taysom to do is almost to have to be forced to stay in the pocket. Like, put a rope around your feet. Do you want yes. to know what we, what and guess yeah. what? We used to say the exact same thing about Steve Young. We'd say, oh, my goodness, he's just taken off every time. When, when he was a sophomore – he was this unbelievable athlete playing quarterback. As a junior, he was better. But he still wasn't Steve Young. I mean, he was Steve Young that we knew, but he wasn't Steve Young, the Hall of Famer. And sometime in his junior year, he realized that instead of taking off, he was better off going to his checktown guys and getting the ball to Gordon Hudson underneath and getting the ball to Casey Tiamalo, the fullback underneath. He started to take advantage of his checkdown receivers somewhere in that junior year. And then his senior year, it was lights out. It was ridiculous what he could do, and he saved those crazy runs for when that's what he absolutely had to do and he had to make a big play. And he became, now as a senior, 
a quarterback that happened to be a fantastic athlete. And then, then he went into the NFL, and I've never seen somebody continue to get better through an entire NFL career. I mean, he was, he was better eight years into his NFL career than he was when he got in his NFL career. That's a testament to a guy that works. So for Steve to say that, Steve knows from experience. I, hey, Robbie Bosco and I, when we were freshmen, would stand behind Steve Young in practice when we were throwing seven-on-seven, seven, and we would look at each other and go, Man, if that guy's ever our quarterback, we are going to be awful. Because <laughs> he was not that great at throwing the football at the time. Accuracy wasn't there. He had arm strength. But, but he worked so hard that by the time he played as a junior, and he had spot duty as a sophomore backing up Jim, I mean, he made Robbie and I believers. We're watching him. Mean, we're going, wow, this guy's getting good. Wow, this guy's getting awesome. Holy cow. This guy's one of the best we've ever seen. That's from his sophomore year to his junior year. So imagine what a guy like Tanner Mangum can do mm. when he already starts off and we're already going, we're not saying if this guy has ever BYU's quarterback, this is not going to be good. We're going, wow, this kid is already good. And he's just going to get better because his athleticism is going to get better. His decision-making is going to get better. I mean, I, now here's the question. There's a lot of good players, but to be great – and to be an all-timer, you have to have the work ethic that Steve Young had. E- even though Tanner's way further ahead as a freshman than Steve was, if he doesn't work like Steve Young, he'll never be Steve Young. And so now that's all, that's, he's got the tools. Now we're going to watch him and see if he is committed, as committed as the great players that have played here. Because if he is, he can put his name right up there before it's all said and done. The defense has impressed me as well, Blaine. They were all healthy and all available for the first time. I mean, not everyone's 100%, whatever. We're all day-to-day, as Dave Rose once said. <laughs> but you look at this defense, I thought they played maybe their best game of the season. Yeah, especially in the second half. They were, they were really good. They, um, their conditioning has showed up every game. I think defensively they get better. They start to figure out the timing of the offense. They start to shut things down. They seem to get better. That shows me mental toughness that they get better throughout the game and physical endurance. But when they have everybody – um, they can really get to the quarterback, which is something this defense lacked the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So when, when Taki Taki's healthy and Harvey Longy's healthy and, and uh, uh, Tautu is coming off the, off the edge and when Bronson Kafusi has had now a half a season to play in the same position the whole time. I mean, Bron- <laughs> Bronson Kafusi, he was already good. Um, and I think at the beginning of the season, we all would agree the best player on the defense was Travis Tuiloma. He dominated in the Nebraska game. The best athlete on the defense, the biggest freak, was probably Bronson Kafusi. Now that he has played all of these games at the same position, I, we could say, yeah, Travis Tuiloma is there, but Bronson Kafusi may have taken the reins as the best player on the defense now. His technique's getting but He's just getting better every single game. I see something out of him every game that's an advance in his technique, and, and he is dominating right now. And if I'm an offensive tackle, that's when I'm watching film on Bronson Kafusi. That's scary right now to to get ready to play against He's in him. the zone. More from Blaine tonight on After Further Review, 8 p.m. Eastern, live on BYU TV. A new episode breaking down BYU Cincinnati. Blaine, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the head ball coach who has one of the best Twitter handles I have ever seen, Jason Hoteling, Wagner College head coach, joins us on BYU Sports Nation. What does a coach like that want to get out of a matchup against BYU? Inside the mind of an FCS program on the road.
BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Super Tuesday is again tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time with BYU Sports Nation for rebroadcast, followed by two episodes of Inside BYU Football last week's and then a brand new edition of this week's. And then after further review at 8 Eastern caps it off, it's a Super Tuesday on BYU TV. Super Tuesday. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines as well. Bronco Mendenhall says he does not plan on giving Tanner Mangum a week off, let alone a day off. Mendenhall also listed the following guys as injured after the Cincinnati game. Kyle Johnson, Garrett Jurgens, Riker Matthews, Riley Burt, Brian Sampson. Yeah, the list is long. The game status for each of those guys unknown right now. Wanayunga had seven tackles and a forced fumble in the Giants' 27-7 loss to the Eagles last night. That makes two picks, two forced fumbles, 42 tackles for Unga. BYU women's volleyball jumping up a spot to number 12 in the latest AVCA Top 25 All-American. Alexa Gray will join us in about 15 minutes. And the San Antonio Spurs and Jimmer Fredette host the Phoenix Suns at 8.30 Eastern time tonight. Jimmer Fredette needing to do some work to make that Spurs roster. Joining BYU Sports Nation now is the head coach of Wagner Football, Jason Hotaling on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach of the Seahawks out of Staten Island, New York. Coach, good to have you back on the program. Thanks, Spencer. Appreciate it. Naturally, we have to start with a baseball question. Of course, we oh, start there. Are you are you a Mets or a Yankees fan? Uh, actually, uh, growing up, probably, I was a Mets, more of a Mets fan, but uh, kind of drifted away from it. But right now, I think everybody's involved. So uh, just rooting for the Mets to uh, continue what they've been doing. How fun is that right now in New York? Yeah, there's a lot of excitement for sure. You know, I think uh, you know last night coming off the the football game, I you know on the way in this morning, I heard uh, you know Boomer and Carton talking about how it's a good thing the Mets are around right now, or else the Giants would be having some problems, uh, you know, in the area. But there's uh, there's a lot of excitement around the Mets right now, and uh, you know it's just good for good for New York and and good for the fans and and everybody involved. Coach, as you approach a game and a long road trip to BYU, and you have time to think about advancing your program what do you want to get out of a game like this against BYU on Saturday I think uh, for us, it's all about us and what we do. You know, we uh, obviously have been struggling uh, the season, and and uh, it's just about uh, executing our offense, our defense, our special teams, and just getting some confidence in these guys um, as we move forward here. And, and we have four more games left in the in the conference. Uh, you know, after this one, uh, we'll have four straight conference games. So it's really just about us executing our offense and and uh, our defense and our special teams and 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 doing things the way they're supposed to be done and. and just absolutely competing at the highest level that we can. Jason, other than a a financial benefit, how, how does this game benefit your program? Uh, just you know, obviously national stage playing a playing an unbelievable program out there, and, and uh, from a recruiting standpoint, you know we talk about giving the student athletes the best possible experience they can have, and, and you know what better experience than to go out and play a team that's uh, year in year out in the top 25, and and uh, you know going across the country on a charter flight and all those things, and just from a, a complete student athlete experience, we think it's a huge bonus for us. I have an inkling that they will like the backdrop at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Going out on a limb there, <laughs> but I think they'll like it. I think, I think like they it. will. Yeah, I think they will for sure. And, and, and again, it's, it's about competition. And they're going to be out there competing against uh, some of the best players in the country. And, and they're excited about that, and we're excited about it. But, yeah, the entire experience will be something that they'll, uh, that they'll remember. And this is something we've done around here for a few years now. And, and every year the kids say the same thing. They won't, uh, they won't change anything as far as scheduling or any of that stuff goes. As you continue preparations for BYU, what sticks out about the Cougars so far? 
a lot. Um, no, they're just uh, good players everywhere. You know, uh, uh, on offense, I think their skill positions are obviously outstanding, and and the quarterback has come in and, and obviously played great. Um, offensive line is really really big, and they, and they play hard and they play physical, and and the same on defense, and and just fundamentally sound and and throughout the special teams. So just a a very well coached and uh, football team with a lot of uh, really good players. You know, number ninety. Um, that's a defensive end right there that uh, is different than any I've ever seen on film. So he's a very, very good player. Bronson Kafusi, projected NFL draft pick. Yeah, he, he is kind of a freak of nature. But what about your team? Who's the most exciting player on your team? Yeah, I think offensively right now, Matthias McKinnon has done some great things. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. Um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, him, uh, you know, we've got to do a much better job blocking up front for him. Uh, this is our, you know, last week we started our sixth different offensive line as far as combinations go, you know, in the first six games. So just getting some, some continuity up front. But as far as excitement goes, I would say Matthias on offense. And I think Otis Wright is coming along and, uh, and getting better. And he's always a, a guy that's exciting with the football. Football. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, Greg Hilliard uh, has has had a really solid year for us so far, and has flew around and made plays along with uh, Stefan Fontumer, Jared Williams, Najee Harris. That core of linebackers, um, you know, uh, has had a pretty uh, pretty good year so far, and and uh, just got to continue getting better. And then special teams wise, uh, you know, I think the snapper and the punter, two guys that were freshmen coming in uh, who hadn't played before, have had solid seasons so far. So, Jason, what have you learned about your team so far this year? Just you know, resilient. You know they're resilient. They keep working. They continue to to try and get better. Um, you know, been put in some tough situations, uh, and uh, just guys that that really want to win and really want to get better. And and um, you know they uh, they're accountable. They they know for sure uh, uh, when they've they haven't done things the right way, and they they've stood up and said, hey, you know what, we got to fix this. We got to change it. And I think uh, you know we're at that point right now. Have you ever been to Provo, Utah? Never. No. Have you been no. to Utah? Was, no. No. I, uh, you know, we went to, we were in Washington for the Eastern Washington game in 2012, which was a great trip for us. Um, then myself personally been to Oregon uh, a couple different times, uh, but uh, never been to Utah. Nope. Jason Hotailing, the head coach of the Wagner Seahawks, 2012 and 2014 NEC champions with us on BYU Sports Nation. I want to compliment you on your Twitter handle. At Haas Wagner might be one of the best Twitter handles I've ever heard. How did you come up with that? Uh, just try, just searching. You know, the Twitter handles, I guess, are important these days. And, um, you know, that's what everyone calls me around here. That's what all the kids refer to me as. It's what all the recruits uh, during the process. And that's uh, kind of, you know, paired them up and came up with it, I guess. Um, they I mean, call you Haas knows. Wagner? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just trying to trying to come up with some way to get the two, you know, combined. But they, you know, everyone refers to me as Coach Haas or Haas, and uh, you know, it's uh, just tried to get it from a recruiting standpoint. It was pretty simple. I there love it so much. Uh, one of our <laughs> one of our analysts, uh, his name's Blaine Fowler. He played quarterback in the '80s on the uh, national championship team here for BYU. He's from Elmira, so he wanted oh, to wow. say hello since oh, you're okay. from the Binghamton area. Yeah, Section Four. That's great. They got a good. Uh, they got a good history up there. Football and uh, yeah, Elmira, Section Four. That's that's great to hear. Nice to have someone that you know from up there out there. Coach, as you try and ba- I'm, you look at the recent past, and things have been really good for Wagner football. What mm-hmm. what is it about this year where you have found some new challenges and and it's it's been this transition period? But how, how do you overcome that? 
I think, you know, going into the year, we knew we had, you know, we were replacing a lot of guys, you know, seven starters on defense. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden we have, uh, you know, a couple guys that we thought were going to be around and, and they're not there. So it was a, it was a transition process throughout uh, the spring and, and the summer. And, and then offensively, I uh, thought we had to, to, to score some more points this year and maybe made some changes there that uh, haven't, uh, haven't really come to fruition. You know, we haven't just, we just haven't made enough plays. Um, and I think, uh, you know, at times guys have been asked to do more than they've done in the past. Uh, you know, so from a team standpoint, that's kind of where we're at. And I think, and the thing, I think they're just, they're excited about it. They just got to, we got to see some results here. And, um, you know, defensively we've continued to work and, and uh, uh, offensively we just, we've got to, we got to execute better. We got to make plays on the football. You know, that's been one issue. We've thrown the ball a little more this year and we, you know, we haven't been, uh, been real sure handed. We've dropped some balls. Our pass protection hasn't been great and those are all just execution things that that uh, need to get cleaned up and and I think they will in the next week or two and 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 I think we're pretty confident going into these last five games but um, as an from an overall process standpoint you know obviously coach Hamline retiring and then me you know stepping into uh, to his shoes it's it was a transition for everything or for everybody involved you know and and uh, just from a day-to-day uh, process and a, a scheduling standpoint and you know it just it, it definitely has been different and um, you know I just I'm excited about the next five weeks straight out of Binghamton now in Staten Island the Haas coach Haas <laughs> great to talk to you Jason appreciate it guys now where uh, what high school uh, in Elmira does anyone know what high school he went to Elmira Free Academy just- okay all right um, that's good. We never played those guys. We got beat one time in high school by Elmira Notre Dame. So, but okay. all right. Very good. Coach, thanks for the time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you. Wagner head coach Jason Hotailing on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I just assume everything is upstate from New York. No matter, it could be on the Buffalo, Glens Falls, whatever. Elmira, Elmira. Palmyra, Binghamton, Palmyra. Albany. Is it all upstate? Uh, Reminder, with the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Up next, an All-American in Studio B. She wants some karma. Alexa Gray coming off back-to-back 21-kill performances. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. Remember, if you miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern, part of Super Tuesday tonight. Friday night, 9 Eastern time. Boom shakalaka! It's the BYU Basketball Showcase. You'll get your first opportunity to meet the men and women's basketball teams. It's going to be fantastic. Live from the renovated Marriott Center, your first chance to see the Wonderful blue seats, the new uh, video boards, the underbelly boards. It's going to be awesome. Uh, We're going to host that. We're very excited about that. Dunk contest, three-point shootout skills competition. And for the first time, uh, this year three of this, you're going to see the men's team scrimmage a little bit. So that'll be fun. Check it out Friday night. I believe it's called Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka. Oh, Boom Shakalaka. Thank you, Marcus Smith from (laughs) BYU Radio. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, guest number three, second in studio, and unbelievably, for the I believe it's for the first time in Studio B. What the All American volleyball star Alexa Gray? Yeah, yeah. Alexa, welcome to Canada's Studio B. Canada's All American. That yeah. is right. That awesome. is right. 
You did this to yourself, Alexa. We <laughs> talked after the game on Friday night, and you said, I've never been in Studio B. And I was like, you know you're coming in next week now, right? <laughs> so you're here. I know, finally. It's good. How does it feel? It's just like I imagined everything <laughs> and more. You imagined it. That's cool. Uh, how's life right now? You guys, are, you guys are doing really well. What is it, 15 and 2 in the season so far? 17 sure. and 2. 17 okay, and 2. This just nice. in. Yes. How's the season going? It's good. We're getting to know our team better and better each time, so it's nice to start finally clicking and being us and playing how we can play, so it's nice. After what Cozy Burnett, the very reserved, uh, soft-spoken Cozy Burnett... So shy. I'm really shocked by how shy she she never talks. After Cozy B comes in studio (laughs) and pulls off a career high in kills... Is there anybody on the volleyball team that is now a doubter in the BYU Sports Nation, Karma? I'm guessing not. We know it's <laughs> that's, real. That's why you wanted to come in, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, see, I have a question there because you've had back-to-back matches of 21 kills. Like, are you looking to get to 30 or something? <laughs> like, you've had 21 back-to-back matches. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like, maybe I'll get like 400 digs or something. I don't <laughs> a know. Lot of di- that would be yeah. a lot of digs. Like, a lot of digs. Um, yeah. And this season has been interesting because no Jennifer Hampson, a lot of big pieces, but you have a different identity. You had to almost move on from Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, have you felt like you guys have done that? I mean, your record indicates yes, but have you felt that way? Yeah, it's not like we're focusing on moving on from Jen, but everyone's just trying to do their job. And yeah, Cozy stepped up a lot. She worked really hard in off season, and she's even like last year she was doing great and so this year she's really got her time to shine and it's awesome to fill that spot with a great player like like cozy 12th ranked BYU at Pepperdine and at LMU this week what's the toughest place to play on the road in the West Coast Conference I feel like they're all really tough they're usually people get good crowds you're a senior (laughs) that was a senior answer they're all tough Well, yeah, everyone gets good crowds, even like we get good crowds, so that's nice to have. But yeah, our conference is a good conference, so it's hard to go on the road and, and get wins. But we try and we call ourselves the Road Warriors. So, oh, Road Warriors. Yeah, okay. so we love being on the road and we love winning on the road. Okay. Do, do you enjoy winning more on the road than home? Because maybe you spoil like the home game. Yeah, for the they're opponent. like equally awesome. See, look, another senior <laughs> answer. You're a veteran. Now, now uh, certain certain athletes, have, everyone has a different personality. Some people want to embrace of the the alpha male or female on a given team. Of okay, you're clearly the best player on the team. Do do you embrace that role of okay? I'm going to be the leader of this team. Yeah, I think uh, me, Camry, and Sierra, all seniors, we try to not even lead by like our voices but just how we play and how we act around not even just on the court but off the court so I think yeah just being a leader and being a senior is it kind of is the role that you have to take on who's the vocal leader who's the who's the rallying cry person that's going to be loud um cozy is really loud and dramatic cozy B's the loud one (laughs) Yeah. yeah but Sierra always has good stuff to say she's really encouraging and that's good, too. And, and Camry as well. She's really like our emotional leader as well. Two-time All-American Alexa Gray of BYU Women's Volleyball in Studio B. We already gave her the karma. Now we push forward. I read something very interesting about you this morning, Alexa, and that is Sean Olmstead, when he recruited you, said, come to BYU. We're going to do something special. Did you, did you really believe that that something special would include a trip to the national championship match? 
Honestly, I feel like when he said that, I had no clue what was going on. But like, <laughs> but like, once I got to BYU and after like the first like season, I was like, wow, this could be really special. So that was fun to see. How did you know that? How did I know that it was going to be special after the first season? Yeah, what, oh, what just revealed like, itself? Just like the connections with all the girls, it just like felt like a different team. It wasn't just like we played together, but we really felt really close to each other. So that was good. Hmm. When, when uh, Sean recruited you and, and he said that someone said, hey, there's this Mormon girl that just won, uh, you know, best spiker at a Norseka tournament or something. What was that interaction like with him at first? And d- did you know much about BYU? No, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know BYU existed really until uh, he started talking to me. And then I came to one of the camps and then I kind of just fell in love with it and with all the girls who were, I was going to play with. So that was good. Notwithstanding Sean's... Neon clothing. Did he have neon when you met? I feel like he toned it down a little. Oh, that might for have, you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't the, it, I don't want this girl to think he I'm He tones weird. it down for the, for the recruits yeah. so they don't burn their eyes. Okay. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's the biggest difference in playing for Sean Olmstead and now for his sister in her first year as the head coach of BYU Women's Volleyball? The biggest difference? I don't know. They're both awesome coaches and – it's been a really smooth transition just because she was our assistant coach. So I haven't really noticed like a huge difference. We're still playing like the same kind of culture and our team's kind of the same. So it's good. Are you six, two? Is that how tall you are? I'm like six and three fourths. So not quite six, one. Oh, not quite six, one. Yeah. Okay. Were you always kind of taller or did you have like a growth spurt in high school? Yeah, I was kind of average. And until high school, I kind of just sprouted. When, when did volleyball become your thing? Um, probably in high school, I started not liking basketball as much, but I just still played it because my friends played it. When did you know I'm good at volleyball? Um, probably grade eight. Grade eight. That is such a Canadian <laughs> answer. Are you trying to translate? Not, it's, not, it's not eighth grade. How does it, it's, it's grade is eight in it? Canada. Yeah. Eight? yeah, grade eight. Zed. Should we go over all the things? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, Tuke. <laughs> yeah, Tuke. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other. Well, ones. you tell us. I'm the American. I don't know. Well, I've tried to like we say pasta, not pasta. Pasta. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's going to become a thing on the show. Pasta. 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 <laughs> hey, you want some pasta? What, el- what else you got? I'm, I'm really interested in all this. Um, I say like bag instead of bag. Yeah, bag. Okay. Yeah. There's some Minnesota. Yeah. That. Yeah. But I don't know. I've kind of. Toned it down so yeah. I don't get teased. Yeah. So we won't tease you though. Okay. No. We You're... like it. Yeah. We embrace it, Alexa. Uh, tell us about your sister Jordan, by the way. She plays on the rugby team. They're going to be an extra mural. I know. I'm really excited for them. She plays yeah. on the yeah. She How... plays on the USA. And she plays with the US. Team. Yeah. They were in actually Calgary this summer and they played New Zealand, New England, and the Canadian national team. So it was fun to watch her in in Calgary and in Alberta. Well, we're enjoying, awesome. we're awesome. enjoying watching what you and the BYU women's volleyball team are doing right now. And it has been a pleasure, Alexa. Thanks. I'm sorry it took so long. Yeah. I'm sad. <laughs> You're <laughs> a senior. So we'll get you in a couple more times before you. Yeah, that, yeah, that is yeah, going to happen. We only have a few more months. So yeah. now make sure you carb load with some pasta okay. <laughs> before you head out on the road and take care of business. I don't know how to work in Zed. Pepper I, tried. <laughs> I tried. I was thinking. Evan says, do you guys listen to JZ? JZ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 
Oh, all time. And then there's a dude actually named Zed. All time. Love it. Alexa, great to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We're going to have you sign our Rise Up flag before you go as well uh, during the commercial break. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we hand out our official Rise and Shout and another jump in the rankings for BYU Volleyball. That's part of the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. All, all the fall sports are undefeated at home, by the way. Volleyball, soccer, football. Nobody's They're lost. They're crushing it. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do, Jerem? Whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Welcome, Mendenhall said he doesn't plan on giving Tanner Mangum a day off or a week off. Mendenhall also listed the following guys as injured after the Cincinnati game: Kyle Johnson, Garrett Jurgens, Riker Matthews, Riley Burt, and Brian Sampson. Their game status is unknown. Cougars in the NFL. Wani Uga had seven tackles and a forced fumble in the Giants' 27-7 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles last night. Volleyball. Women's volleyball team moved up to number 12 in the ABCA rankings. If you just missed it, we talked with Canada's All-American Alexa Gray on the show. Jimmer. Pasta. The San Antonio Spurs and Jimmer Fredette host the Phoenix Suns at 830 Eastern. Is he going to play? Golf. Rhetorical questions for days. The ladies begin competition today in the Rainbow Wahine Invitational through Thursday. Cross country. The BYU men's team moves up to fourth in the coaches' poll released this morning, not to be confused with the flow track rankings. That's right. Which one's official? The women's team moved up to 14th. Future guests, listen to this. Ty Detmer, Jason Beck, Quincy Lewis, Corbin Kafusi, Merrill Hodge, and writer Jeff Benedict. Loaded! Of, of Sports Illustrated. Yep, that is how we do it. Oh, also, did you say Jason Beck or John Beck? John Beck. John Beck! Yeah. Some, some Beck quarterback. Somebody's going to do it. It's going to be one good, whoever it is. It's John. It's John. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter. Uh-huh. Dexter, help when you need it the most. DexterLaw.com. <laughs> We're giving it to Wani Uma, leading tackler for the New York Giants. Congrats. Our elite tweet of the day. <laughs> BYU is from Matt Greg Rosenhan. BYU will break into the top 25 after a 40-point-plus win over Wagner and after we beat Bye at home. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, for Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Kevin O'Mary. I love-